Hello and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to windboard cruising. Today we are going to talk a little bit about whether it's a good idea to have a house, uh, keep a house, or kind of not have any strings and you know, not have any, any ties to any kind of a home base, if you will. We get some of those questions like that. So excited to talk about that today. The other thing we want to mention real quick before we dive into the topic is that we are going to be announcing our new boat here in just a couple days. Um, now, if you listen to this later, uh, that will be September of uh, 2022 is what we're talking about. But we're excited about that, so stay tuned and uh, check out our YouTube um, page and, and subscribe. It'd be great if you could also see some of the pictures and the videos we're doing as well. So you ready to dive into this topic, Stefan? Yeah, and just, just you know, obviously it's, uh, what we're talking about is uh, it's a personal decision. Everybody has to come up to their own conclusion. What we're doing today or trying to do today is to share uh, our own experience it's kind of interesting because we started with some thoughts or reasoning, then we evolve into another one, and in the end, we're liking the decision we made, but for different reasons. Yeah. So, so it's there was an evolution, and we thought it would be interesting for us to share our own experience, and maybe somebody might mm-hmm. take away something from it. And you know, just to start, you know, the dream is you're gonna. You're going to sell all your things and you're going to sell your house and you're going to quit your job and you're going to sail off into the sunset, no strings attached. And that's the general idea, right? That's kind of the the thought that goes through everybody's mind. That's the brochure. Yeah. (laughs) Or on a bad day at work, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, it it doesn't necessarily kind of unfold that way as you're making these decisions, though. So it's an interesting process. Yeah. And obviously, it's... All this is going to depend of, uh, of um, I mean, many different personal reasons and mm-hmm. also personal budget. And you might have to sell your house to buy a boat. And we're definitely not saying to postpone yeah. your sailing, cruising dreams. You know, you uh, we're just, again, sharing our own experience. And, mm-hmm. um, so what were our options? Do you want to go through those? Yeah. And, and before, I mean, the reason to maybe consider those different scenarios is... Uh, it's just in case things don't work out. And I know when we go through this dream and this lifestyle change, or at least personally, like you've, I'm kind of more that way. I'm focusing on on the positive outcomes and not so much looking on the uh, what could go wrong. <laughs> but I will say... That's, a, that's why we make a good team. Yeah, yeah, we balance <laughs> each other. And um, But there are... You know, I, I would say in, in the last couple of years, we've been cruising and you meet people and and everybody has a story. And that's, that's all different stories and flavors yeah. for sure. Yeah, But things could change for many possible reasons. You know, it could be money, it could be relationships, you know, when you're on a, on a boat <laughs> 24-7. Um, the liverboard lifestyle was maybe a dream and reality sinks in. Uh, and we've heard these stories. We're not trying to freak anybody out, but, you know, these are things that happen. So, yeah. 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 It could be like a family event. And, mm-hmm. 
of course, you know, um, COVID was very unusual. A global but this, pandemic, this, yeah. This happened. And so it's, um, it's just things to be aware of. And so in the possible scenarios, I mean, uh, it might be, um, well, if you already have a house and if you have the means to buy a boat or maybe you're deciding to keep the house, that means a smaller boat and you make this trade-off, maybe the first couple of years um, you're going to say, okay, let's keep the house, let's see in two years, let's reassess. And maybe if you're like figured out, like, you know, maybe like us, you know, maybe you want to buy a different boat. Maybe you're like loving the liveaboard lifestyle. So then at that point, you're like, maybe we sell the house and maybe we buy a different boat. And so maybe to give yourself like two years of trial and errors and, and reassess might be an option. Another one is kind of downsize. You know, you're moving onto a boat and, and you're going to downsize. So you maybe you have the house and the thinking is, well, let's keep the house and let's rent it. Um, but another thinking is like, well, let's sell the house. Let's find a small place. Let's find a little apartment somewhere. So sell the house and, and rent an apartment like we did, you mean? Or you mean sell the house and get a smaller place? Yeah, no, sell the house, get some money out of the house, yeah. buy a smaller place that you can come to and and use it for rental purposes and stuff like this. And so so there are, those are possible scenarios. Um, so anyway, we'll we'll talk about what we went through. And um, and then we'll see. Uh, yeah. We'll so see. what we what happened to us is we started out and we um, were like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna sell everything and we're gonna get on the boat. And you were like way more excited about that. I was freaking out a little bit, um, not because you know I I'm afraid of not having a, a home, um, but because. I was afraid something would go wrong and, um, you know, wanted to be able to have a safety net to come back to. What I mean is, you know, like, um, my, my mom's getting older and, um, I was concerned for her health and what if I needed to be there? Um, my daughter's getting older. Like what if she gets married? Um, you know, those were the kinds of things that initially were holding me back. Um, even not just for, not just selling the house we were in, but also just not having another house. And um, you know, we're in a situation where we we were buying the boat in addition to like making the decision about the house. So you know that that's a factor too. Yeah. At the same time, so there was a little bit the side of living the dream. I I know you also liked to not have a mortgage, to not have like you know. Uh, uh, kind of deal with you know with monthly payments and stuff like this. So that that was kind of the attractive side. Yeah, I mean that that's all part of like simplifying your life, right? You mm. know, like you live this complicated, you know, conventional life, and you own a home, and you pay taxes, and you have insurance, and you have attorneys, and you have accountants, and you know all these things. And it's sort of like you kind of just want to, you know, cut the strings a little bit and not have all these things to worry about. So, so that was what was appealing for me. Yeah, another thing that, that was, well, I think that was appealing to both of us was, okay, we're living here, we love where we used to live, and it was great when we had kids, when we had jobs, but we were thinking, well, if we, where would we come back? Would that make sense to come back in the same, same town, same area? And we were like, no. Yeah, that, that, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I'd forgotten about that. Um, yeah, we, at one point, we were like, yeah, this is a great place to raise a family, but is this a great place to be if you're in kind of this next phase of life with or without the boat? 
you know, that, that was sort of, you know, it made us question, like, would we live here, you know, if, if we hadn't been living here? Mm-hmm. So uh, even to downsize and just move from one side of town to another in a smaller place, like, we kind of had this whole discussion about, like, well, what if we get on the boat and we, you know, sail around and find all these places and decide maybe on or off the boat, we want to live somewhere else. Yeah, that was definitely one thing that was attractive to me. It's mm-hmm. uh, let's go discover the world. Uh, I always considered myself a citizen of the world. That's that's what pushed me to leave France at 25. I didn't want to kind of leave and work where I was born. I just, that was not boundaries that I want to set for myself. So it was like, well, let's get a boat. Let's travel around the world. Let's discover countries. And maybe let's buy a shack somewhere mm-hmm. uh, where we're happy to live. And so let's use that opportunity to travel to figure out. And then figure that out later. Yeah. yeah. And so so that those were some of the arguments yeah. that, that got us to lean into, cut all the ties, mm-hmm. move us full-time, leave aboard. And then, and then the, what you were talking about was like, I think, uh, I don't know how far after, but um, when it started, but you were like, yeah, maybe I want to rethink this. Yeah. Yeah. What happened was, um, and, and, you know, I've always been kind of a real estate junkie, you know, I'm always looking at Zillow and looking at houses and I mean, I've, it's just always been interesting. And I hate that. And, and I know, <laughs> um, but it's always been interesting to me. I don't know if anybody else can relate, but, you know, just kind of. I don't know, curious and also fantasizing, you know, or just kind of looking at, wow, this is crazy, these prices for these homes in these areas. And I don't just mean in the U.S., I mean, like anywhere around the world. So I've always been interested in real estate. And um, so then what happened is I started reading some articles about rental properties. And I was like, well, maybe that could kind of be a nice little middle ground, you know, where you have something but it's, you know, you're not, it's not sitting empty when you're gone. And so, you know, I was looking at long-term rentals. I was looking at short-term rentals and reading a lot of books about rental income and, you know, having that kind of, um, kind of income stream in general seemed like it might be a good idea too, especially, you know, I think at that point we hadn't fully thought through like how we were going to, you know, continue to make money you know, on the boat either. So that was sort of in the back of my head is maybe that's also a revenue stream. Yeah. And um, the other thing that, that was ironic in the thinking of, uh, well, there were different arguments to pick a location where we ended up buying something else uh, smaller. But the argument about the parents aging, it's it's kind of ironic because your mom and her husband ended up moving across country. <laughs> yeah, I was going to share that a little bit later um, as a plot twist. But yeah, so when we ended up, yeah, buying a home, that that's sort of, you know, w- we bought it to stay in the area so we could be close to family and then they ended up moving. But anyway, so when we were looking at the real estate um, situation and looking for a rental property, um, I was sort of all over the map. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, Miami and oh, maybe it's sinking, you know, <laughs> for climate change. It's like, oh, how about, you know, tax friendly states or, you know, all these things. And then suddenly it dawned on me that Tahoe was right in the backyard of San Francisco, which is where my mom and my sister and, you know, my kids and everybody is and our friends and stuff. So it's, you know, far enough away and we like the mountains, you know, that, 
that that would be a good idea. But like, what did you think when I brought up Tahoe initially? Oh, well, the, the thinking like for Tahoe for me was like winter skiing. And, um, so it was not a destination. I don't know for whatever reason, <laughs> uh, as like a place to live year round. If you ended up living there, it was really more like a, yeah, a ski resort and, and totally discovered that yeah. <laughs> it's summer is even better. Yeah. So what's weird is, so yeah, I got this thought bubble in my head and I'm like, Oh, you know, Tahoe. Um, and I looked at some properties that were on Zillow that were available and, um, we wanted something small ish, not too big. And we wanted the opportunity to potentially do it as a vacation rental. Definitely long-term rentals are an option, um, and are very flexible in the area, but in Tahoe in particular, and, and I think this might be true in other kind of vacation areas is the, um, the uh, VHR permits, you know, they're, they're limited. So I wanted to be sure we could get a, we we could get a rental permit for a vacation rental. And so I got a, I got a uh, realtor and, and kind of picked some properties and, you know, I found this property and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Not only for a rental, but I could actually picture us living here. So I drove back because I came up over the weekend by myself so when I drove back and I was like, oh, we're going to do this. Like, what did you think about that? Uh, well, my, my head was in a different place. And um, so, and, you know, you see pictures, but you're trying to visualize. And so, uh, yeah, I was not at the same stage you were at, obviously, because you had been looking at stuff and then you came to physically look at um, houses. So I, I was a little bit further back. So I had to catch up mm-hmm. and then we ended up making a trip together. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of bring me along where you were mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. And my logic was, okay, you know, let's just take the worst case scenario. We're out sailing, the boat sinks, God forbid, you know, um, we have a place to come back to or the world's, you know, goes to hell in a handbasket, you know, and we can't, or our health, like something happens to us. Um, and we can no longer sail, like maybe we can come back and do that. So that was sort of one way I rationalized it. Second way I rationalized it was kind of, as you mentioned, you know, my mom was getting older and, and if I had to come back for some reason, I could, you know, care for her. And, um, and it just gave me a little, a little safety net, I think mentally is what it made me feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, even though the rental income was part of the conversation, um, it's kind of funny because once we moved into the house and you start to like, we started to fall in love with our new home. and um, Especially because of COVID, like we spent more time here than we originally planned, yeah. right? And, yeah. and then it, it was like, wow, we don't want anybody else to come into our I home. I know, and then we're having like mixed emotions <laughs> So then, it. then definitely the first season, I mean, we were not ready to, to rent. And it, it was kind of a, a, a possibility, um, thinking about looking for a property, but it was also not like a, a solid yeah. thing. And so it's more came in the second season, we were like, we were thinking, okay, that season is um, is not super long, but if we ended up crossing the Atlantic and so forth, 
You'd then be we'll, empty a long time. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, let's test this rental mm-hmm. option and let's see what we learn. If they destroy renters, destroy the house, then we'll stop there. Or if we're happy, then then we'll we'll keep on going. And and so I know a lot of people have um, uh, bad experiences. Um, so far, so good. Yeah, so far. And I want to talk about that more. I want to just add as well that uh, another thing I was thinking about is you know, the kids, like maybe the kids would want to come up and visit us and we would want to, um, hang out in Tahoe and have a little vacation time with our kids when we came back from the boat, because really none of them are interested in sailing except your daughter, um, Mm -hmm. who, you know, will probably join us in the boat. So I kept thinking like proximity to kids, proximity to family, proximity to where, you know, our roots were. And, um, you know, as we were kind of thinking about the rental property and trying it out, that was also in the back of my head is, you know, that it would be sort of a family place to have. Because uh, I was the one, too, that was hosting all of the holidays and everything uh, in our family. And so I felt like I, I needed a place that, like, that could still happen, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so the first... Which is just a side note, which yeah. is kind of funny also because... Um, when we bought the boat, we were thinking, oh, the kids will, will come, come and yeah. friends and family. <laughs> Granted, you know, you and the med, it's far away from the West and Coast of the US. Too, and so. COVID happened. Yeah. But even though, I think uh, you are, you also realize the logistics is complicated and, and then to make plans kind of from long distance. And, and kids that age have their own lives. Exactly. You know, they're, like, they're doing their own thing. And, and that's something we learned, too, I think, in great detail. So... Just going back, so we the first season we spent more time in the house than we originally had planned because of COVID. You had to fly back, and and we we weren't really working on the boat. Um, so we sort of set up the situation where I was doing the rentals myself. Like I set up a little web page. I, you know, set up a way to manage it and and sort of opened it up to just people that we knew or friends of friends who could who could sort of rent it just to test it out. Uh, and getting comfortable with that. And then to your point, um, you know, in the, in the second season, we spent a lot more time away. And then I realized I was completely overwhelmed and couldn't manage the property that way. Couldn't manage the, um, any of, any of the, you know, logistics and with the time difference, it was kind of a mess. So we got a rental property company and that took some time to work through and, and kind of get things right. Um, yeah, so it went from kind of testing the waters to actually a lot of people wanted to rent it. Um, and, and, you know, when we came back, um, at both times, what I was happy about, yeah, is nothing major got broken. There weren't like holes in the walls, you know, and were you surprised by the condition of the house when we got back? No, I mean, on one way, um, I think there are a couple of things. First, you're like, okay. What are they going to steal and break? Like, okay, yeah. a TV. Yeah, what's the worst that can <laughs> happen? Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay. Because all of our other stuff is, is you know, put away. And so. when you rent, you have, like, an insurance. So you're like, well, okay, we'll get a new fridge or we'll get a new TV. And so so one side is like, okay, and we don't have any, like, I mean, it's our stuff, but we don't have, like, personal stuff. We put it away. So that was that. The house, and you're thinking, well... I mean, we purposely also 
limited it to the number of people, so we don't get like yeah. We had we put a lot of limitations, yeah, to try to increase the chances that we have good renters and yeah, because we like our neighbors, you know, and and we too. want them to like us. So yeah, so so then you're like, well, you know, we we love our home, and I think when people come, and I think that's important if you have a rental, is to make it feel like a home, so it's you're somebody's place, and in general, people want to take care of stuff. They want to feel like you're, they're a welcome guest, you yeah. know? And so what we did is little touches around the house that we would enjoy because we, we, we've been spending a lot of time in Airbnbs and we know what we like, you know, mm. and certain things just kind of leave an impression on you. And so I think we made it nice where people would kind of like it here and enjoy it. Not just some like volume rental place, you know, where 12 people at once kind of all crash, which there's some of that in Tahoe too, which isn't great for, for neighbors. Um, yeah. So I think all these little things help mm -hmm. if you can also, I mean, the house, everything is functional. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think to make sure to also do like preventive maintenance, kind of a little bit like on a boat, um, just, you know, so if they, if they see everything working, everything feels like a home, um, I, I was like, well, what's going to happen? If there is a, a hole in the wall, I mean, we can patch it up. And, yeah. uh, so I was, but you never know, like all no, these things go through your head. Yeah, right? it definitely does. And, and I didn't know, but at the same time, when I was thinking deeper about it, I was like, well, I mean, how bad can it be? Mm -hmm. Of course they could burn the house. I guess. Well, let's <laughs> well. talk about fire in a minute. Um, because I want to talk about some, some worries. So, you know, first of all, um, yeah, we were worried about damage to the house. We weren't sure if we could actually, you know, the, the goal wasn't to make money on the house. The goal was to have the rental income offset the cost of having the house. So we just kind of wanted to break even. We weren't thinking, oh, it'll be a ton of income. Um, we knew it would be some, but we, we had pretty low expectations. But then, you know, so you're away on the boat and I finally kind of handed everything over to the rental property company, which took time. And by the way, like they take 25%. It's not like some cheap thing. Like no, it's that's expensive. Why the initial thought was like, well, let's do it ourselves. I'll manage it myself. <laughs> yeah, but that's not happening. And then boat. you're like, oh, okay. 25% is, is decent. <laughs> the time zones were a real problem. But, you know, then there were worries like, oh, you know, um, what if something, you know, happens? So something did happen. Um, last year while we were away, um, there was a wildfire and we live in the mountains and, um, the fire ended up traveling over the Sierras, which nobody thought was going to happen. They evacuated, um, all of the South Lake Tahoe area and where we live, our neighborhood, our, you know, neighborhoods all around, everybody left. They canceled all the vacation rentals. And we were I mean, just the smoke was like, oh, yeah, the leveling. smoke was awful. Right. And then but we were remember, we were like glued to our Google Maps and the fire tracker or whatever, because nobody thought it was going to crawl over the Sierras. And it did 12 miles, I think, in in one 24 hour period. And, you know, where it got to on that day, I'll never forget. I looked at him like it is eight miles from our house. Mm hmm. And so, you know, we kind of at that point had resolved to like losing the house. Like, you, 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 at least I did. I kind of wrapped my head around that. I called my <laughs> insurance company and I was like, what's going to happen? And this and that, that thankfully didn't happen. Um, but yeah, that was a worry. And so then the other thing is we came back and um, we have the bills on auto pay uh, and except one. 
which is the water bill, uh, which I get statements for, and they go to my sister's house. And uh, we came back, and I'm opening up my mail. And well, it's on auto pay. It's just like sorry, it's on auto pay, but the bills themselves show up in paper statements. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so she, that's why she doesn't, she doesn't open them because she's like, oh, you pay the bill. Well, we had a water leak that was, I mean, it was bad. Well, it started in August. So we were in Greece. We were in Greece in August. (laughs) We didn't get back to the U.S. until December. Uh, Yeah, past mid-December, like right before Christmas. So that's when we found out. And we're in San Francisco when we found out. Yeah. So we don't know. Like what? What is happening? Yeah. Luckily, yeah, what the the leak started in August, but gradually. <laughs> but let's talk <laughs> about how big of a leak it was. Yeah, yeah. I kind of forget now. No, it's twenty five gallons an, an, hour. an hour. Yeah, I mean that's like a this. lot of water. Mm. And so we're looking. So we we get to the house and we're looking all around. Stefan's down in the basement. Well, we first look in the house. Oh, sure, the toilets, and you know, is there we something see nothing. Broken? So we're like, okay, no damages. No there damage. Go. I go under the basement, and I'm expecting like a pool of water, right, underneath yeah, there. And no you're water. like, there's nothing, Holly. <laughs> and we're like, it's this mystery phantom water. Like, yeah. what's happening? Maybe it's there's no leak, and there. Oh, meter. and by the way, <laughs> there were like six feet of snow. Yeah. And so there was nothing visible that we could see anywhere, and we live on this little. Is it a hill or a mountain? I don't know. We live on this huge rock. Hmm. Um, so you would think that you would see that much water, gravity would take it somewhere. You would see a pool of it somewhere. Nothing, none of that. So that was a process, getting that fixed. You yeah. finally called the city. I mean, we had contractors out. We had... we had. Well, it took a couple of months to yeah. to eventually figure out where the, where the leak was. Um, also because the ground is frozen Nobody because of wanted the snow, to so we have to wait until the spring, but the spring was when we we're going to leave. So those are, yes, those are headaches that eventually, <laughs> as a well, homeowner... Well, the thing is, yeah, and we wouldn't have been able to, first of all, we wouldn't have found it had we not come back and like properly looked. So lesson learned on our part, like open everything. So yeah, I mean, what we did since, uh, there is this um, uh, automatic... Uh, water shutoff valve that we installed. So the the pipe that comes into the house uh, detects now if there would be a leak. So that would be one thing. Well, that's to know the problem is there, right? But what I'm saying is... What to avoid damages. Yeah. So we wouldn't have been able to do anything about it from remotely, though. Like, that would have been really difficult to fix no, but from above. Yeah, what the, the leak ended up being outside. But at least if there was a leak in the toilet, you know, this is a device you can install. And uh, and it measures the water going through. And then if it sees an unusual behavior, you'll get a text and something. And I can remotely turn it off. So that will be something that mm-hmm. that now we have a mm-hmm. peace of mind because we know what's going on. If there is something, even if we sleep somewhere else on the other side of the world the damages will be limited. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's... Fixing, a, it's another issue, though. Yeah. yeah and so. if it's, the leak is outside, it you know, doesn't, yeah. doesn't do anything. Yeah. So, so there's certain things you can do to help yourself. Yeah, but it's it doesn't relieve, you know, the worry from a fire or from a potential leak or, you know, pipe breaks or, you know, these things that you really kind of have to be here for. Mm-hmm. Um, other things is, you know, we have to... It, it's harsh weather up here, Um in the summer and in the winter. And so we have to like 
paint the whole house. So there's just more maintenance, I guess, in this area than what we're used to. I think we're picturing like people are like, okay, so I'm not buying. No. Yeah. So let's get to the good part. I'm just wanted to be thorough on, you know, what we've experienced, you know, in terms of. It's all, it's like a boat, you know, it's all trade-offs. And I would say we, we face the issue. We understand that there's good reason to say, sell everything and go because there's enough potential headaches with Mm -hmm. the boat. But, so far, the little problems the property management company has dealt with them. Yeah, as they've they been happen. great. Once once we got them ramped up, yeah, you know. And this bigger problem it ended up working out because we were back home, and now we've installed the device to help prevent this. Um, but uh, so yeah, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> nothing is perfect, but we still like in the grand scheme of things. I mean, we still like. The, our decision. So. Yeah, it's it, and I think this past year um, so far we've been traveling a lot nomad style without a boat because we're between boats. So we were like professional, you know, couch, couch crashers or whatever they call them. You know, like we're definitely you know getting really good at staying at other places. I mean, I don't know how many Airbnbs and VRBOs and vacation rentals we've been on this year, but yeah. it's been a lot. And, you know, you get to a place and you're like, mm, you know, that it's noisy or there's construction or one house was like, it smelled really weird. And yeah, I mean, the, the one we picked to stay for two months and, and we really kind of thought it would be like a great location and everything, everything looked good. Everything looked we good. Took, we talked to the property management company and we felt pretty good about it. And we said, okay, that's where we're going to like be based for a couple months, for two months. And and then yeah, there was clearly a dog in there, yeah. and there was no there AC. Was we no knew AC. that, but they said they would be fun, but they no were not ventilation. like they're not yeah. like in the fans like you have in the ceiling, and they were just little fans. Yeah. They were noisy, and then the, the smell of the dog seems to be it was worse. Really bad. The construction was the worst part, though. The construction, yeah, yeah. right, right around the corner, and so it's like so there was the kitchen smell too yeah and then at night you could and see i don't want us to sound like we're complaining because like these are really good problems to have like the fact that we get to travel and do all this stuff so i don't no, want to no, no, like no. say that it's just i guess what the point i want to make is when we came back home we were like oh my god my bed you know we're in our own house i have my i have my some familiar things that i missed you know whether it's books or you know a dress you get to wear or you know, whatever it, you know, the, the skin lotion I left here, you know, it sounds really dumb, but coming back and just being able to just kind of exhale, you know, that's what I really, really liked, especially the first season. Remember the first season we got back and we were just exhausted Mm -hmm. and we were, um, it was stressful the first season, by the way, don't ever measure like how happy you are doing this live aboard thing after the first season, like wait till the second season, Mm -hmm. it gets way better. But the first season we came back, we were just exhausted, overwhelmed. Well, maybe you weren't, I was. And, um, we came back and it was like, wow, we could just relax. You know, Mm -hmm. we weren't at anchor. We weren't (laughs) worrying about anything. Yeah. And I mean, that's the point is to, to just, that's one thing we discovered. It's, it's really nice to come back to something familiar where, you know, the Wi-Fi is good because we've gone into some places like we were in Guadeloupe. Oh, is there Wi-Fi? Yes, there is Wi-Fi. I can do Zoom calls. No, no, that wasn't happening. (laughs) And so as you move from place rental to rental and 
that that starts to get old after a while. So it's like that's one argument of like being able to come back to a familiar place because if you want to be able to work on some projects um, like we're doing right now, we're doing some work or, or like doing some projects to prep for, you know, for the boat for the next year. Doing some videos for our YouTube channel. Yeah, <laughs> which is a very much uh, a full-time job. But it de- like when you're in a familiar environment it definitely helps to, mm-hmm. to organize your life because you know you're going to be gone for a long mm-hmm. period of time. So to have this time is great. And we, we know other people who move like this and they tend to rent, like they move even more mm-hmm. <laughs> to stay. And maybe that's to prevent, like if you have a bad Airbnb experience or something, yeah, then you, can, then you know you're leaving week, in a week. Or, yeah. or two weeks, you know, and we're, we're thinking kind of, unless we had to move for different reason, we're thinking, okay, can we stay in one solid place? Mm-hmm. And so, But it's nice too to like come back, Say just say it's three months a year or two months a year, right? Um, what I'd like is, at least that's how it's been kind of for us, is, is I like being able to come back. You carve out a couple projects, um, like I'm writing a book or um, working on, you know, some of these little things we wanted to get done. But there's also like housekeeping stuff, like admin stuff, paying your taxes, you know, making sure all, you know, the loose ends in your life are tied up. And, mm. and it's kind of nice. Also, you can kind of get into a little bit more of a routine. You know, we've been doing hikes now or walks every day, or at least trying to, mm. um, mostly every day. Um, eating better, you know, consistently on a boat. And when you're traveling, certainly in Airbnbs, it's a lot harder, I think, than on a boat. On a boat, you can control your environment a little bit more. But just having that time to sort of, you know, get get everything in order, um, that's really nice. Yeah. And and I think we've told that story before, but it's, it's this older couple crew that had been cruising for decades and that we ended up meeting at the dock and and we ended up hopping on their boat and and at, at, at the dock and chit-chatting and and that story we, they obviously had met many many cruisers and they were in the camp of cruising for a period of period of the year and go back home uh, and then the other cruisers were like full-time leave aboard and and what they learn is the the camp that breaks the cruising lifestyle um, is the camp that's going longer. <laughs> the cruise is longer. Yeah, the yeah. cruise is longer versus if you're full-time that. live aboard, yeah. uh, that may be... Uh, it's uh, hard. Yeah. yeah it's so, hard and, and yeah, I so think that's it's good to have thing some downtime. To consider. For sure. So net-net, I think we, you know, we went into the house decision like, no, we don't need a house. We're going to sell everything and, you know, no, no, you know... No strings attached. We're just going to release the dock lines and off we go. And they were like, wait a minute, you know, all these reasons to stay. And then now what we've learned is there's completely different reasons that we love it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think sometimes we get questions about this. And I think the best advice, at least from where we're standing and what we've been through so far, is you don't really have to make a decision right away. You can kind of, you know, ease into it. Like you, if you have a house and and um, you you can keep a house, you know maybe you want to rent it for a while, or you know if you are committed to downsizing and you want to get an apartment, like at least you have that to come back to, and you want to do that, that's fine too. Or a vacation rental, like that was a really interesting path we went down that I never like 
it, it was never in our original financial mm-hmm. plan. So um, that kind of worked out. So, you know, it's not necessary to completely make the decisions all at once, you yeah. know. And I think it's, it's important for couples, um, it's to recognize both parties, yeah, because somebody would, might be more risk adverse and the other mm-hmm. one. Like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's, it's it's a major lifestyle change mm-hmm. to to just go live on a boat, even if it's part-time. And and just to have that comfort of knowing, you know, yeah. um, there is one place somewhere you can come back to until you adjust to this new lifestyle. And so it's important for, you know, two people in the, mm-hmm. cu- in, in the couple to just really um, uh, be understanding of the other person, where they are and making some concessions. And, uh, and yeah, a year, yeah. two years later, then, then you can readjust. And it's definitely just one last thought I was having was um, what you focus on gets bigger, right? So like if you're thinking about all the things you're going to leave or all the stuff you have to get rid of or how long you've been in the house and how you raise the, you know, the kids and that feels really big to step away from. Um, but when you're on a boat, and you're focused on the boat and you're focused on living on the boat, that's what becomes kind of the center of your attention. Mm-hmm. And so little by little, it's sort of this process of separation from conventional life to a different life. And so that's also, I think, at least for me, that was part of the transition I was going through is kind of that letting go piece of it. Um so it's not just about like logistics and, you know, all these things we were kind of been talking about. It's, it's emotional, right? It's an emotional change. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a mental transition. And I, I can't say I didn't go through a little bit of loss, you mm-hmm. know, in, in, in that. Um, but as we got more comfortable on the boat, I was so focused on that. Like that became our new home, you know. So and you see it on, on videos and stuff. People are like, the boat's our home. You know, because that's what the focus is at that point in time. Mm-hmm. But when you're making the transition, it's definitely hard. Yeah. Any last thoughts or advice before we wrap it up? No, I think we've covered quite a few points. And um, maybe there will be a podcast that triggers a conversation between two people. Yeah. You know, and and uh, just to, um, yeah, to just, just have a conversation. Yeah. And I appreciate you being so open to... Um, you know, the rental thing. Cause I, I think in the beginning you were kind of like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But in the end, you know, yeah, this, is, this is what's interesting. You know, I started somewhere, you kind of were mostly in the same camp, you changed, it was maybe not there, but now we're both in the, On same, the same camp. Page. And yeah. so it all, it all worked out Yeah, and, but it's a process and you might go one directions and one direction it might, you might not be happy with it. And, and it's okay. You yeah. can change your mind. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, make sure you, if you have any comments or questions and um, you want to continue the conversation, you know where to reach us at sailingowen at gmail.com. And um, again, uh, don't forget in a few days here, one week, are we in the one week mark almost or a little less than a week? Yeah, less than a week. Yeah, we get to announce our new boat. So please stay tuned for that. Fair mm-hmm. winds for now. Bye-bye. Au revoir. Bon vent. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. Ha <laughs> ha